Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Zion and welcome to our Harvest Home celebration. It's nice to see all of you and nice to worship with all of you once again this morning. A few things to share with you this morning. First, this Harvest Home, as you know, you are absolutely invited after the service to come eat with us. There'll be plenty of food. Come spend time with us. Come eat with us. Come celebrate God's blessings with us. Uh, also, it's that time of year for our annual food drive, uh, which will go through Sunday, the 21st of November. You can bring your donations and place them down in the narthex on the tables down there. Also, speaking of the lower narthex, there are a couple of palm plants down there that are up for adoption that need a home. Uh, they've been here since VBS, I think, and Palm Sunday. Wow. Um, and they won't survive the winter down there, so feel free to take one with you. I heard that they are quiet and they make good roommates, so <laughs> take them, give them a home if, if you would like one. Uh, also, I want to say thank you to everyone for the cards, for the gifts, for the words of appreciation and the kind words last Sunday. Uh, and thank you for the worship, to the worship committee for planning that and for the Ohio State gifts. We certainly feel appreciated here, but more than that, Zion is an answer of prayer for us. And like I said last week, we are so blessed to be here and so grateful to get to be part of this community with all of you. So again, thank you for all of the kind words and gifts last week. Are there other announcements or other things to share with the congregation this morning? Yeah, Troy. Good, yeah, so Tony is home, recovering. Keep praying for her that she will be back on her feet soon. Well, if there's nothing else, I'll invite you to take a few moments to listen to the prelude and to prepare your hearts for worship.
Congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, our Father, your generous goodness comes to us new every day. By the work of your Spirit, lead us to acknowledge your goodness, give thanks for your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. The first reading is from Joel. Do not fear, O soil, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. 
Do not fear, you animals of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and vine give their full yield. O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the later rain as before. The threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent against you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I, the Lord, am your God, and there is no other. And my people shall never again be put to shame. The word of the Lord. The psalm today is Psalm 126, which we will read responsively. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then were we like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses of the Nega. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, shouldering their sheaves. The second reading is from 1 Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity that is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to the span of your life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? 
For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord. I invite you to be seated, and children, I invite you to come forward. All right, I have an easy question for you today. What's the name of our congregation? Zion, yeah, right. This is Zion Lutheran Church, Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church in Lafayette, right? Are we still waiting? Oh, come on up. That's okay, you can come around. It works. There you go. Can we scoot over and make some room? Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. So our church is called Zion. Right? And that name Zion, what does that mean? Any ideas? Well, we heard it in our Old Testament reading today and in our psalm. And it comes up over and over in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Zion. Zion was an old name for a hill in the city of Jerusalem. And on that hill was built a temple. And so they called that hill Mount Zion. Have you ever been to the mountains? Some kind of mountains? Smoky Mountains, Rocky Mountains, somewhere, something? Ever been to the mountains? All right, well, all of you are from Ohio, and so everything here is flat like a pancake, right? Well, mountains, they reach up into the sky. And I'm telling you, I'm from Ohio, too. I'm from Flatlands. And the first time I ever went to the mountains, drove up on a mountain, been, hiked up a big hill, it was a cool experience. When you go up to a mountain, for some reason, for whatever reason, you feel closer to heaven. I don't know why that is, especially for us Flatland people. There's something very appealing and something very special about mountains. Right, and so in Israel, they felt that too with Mount Zion. Right, it came to represent the place where God came down to meet them. Like when they were on the mountains, they felt closer to God. Right, and so Mount Zion in the Bible comes to represent the place where God is present with us. Zion represents God being with us, God loving us, God making himself known to us. Now, back to our congregation. Why this church? Why Zion? Well, we call ourselves Zion precisely because we believe that every time we gather in the sanctuary, God is meeting us here. Right? We are here in the very presence of God. It's here. Heaven and earth come together. So angels and archangels are here with us. They're worshiping with us. They're singing with us. God is here with us. And the way we know that for sure is when we come up for Holy Communion. In that bread and in that wine, 
God promises that he is there. He promises us, right, that that's his presence, that that's Jesus Christ with us. So this is a Zion. This is where God comes to us, and we know that God is with us. This little sanctuary is where heaven and earth come together, and we worship the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for coming to us. And letting us know you are here. We give you thanks for all that you do. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, in 1942, Reverend Packer here at Zion wrote a brief history of the congregation in celebration of 100 years in ministry. Uh, he writes about the time that, that St. Matthew's here in Lafayette and the old Zion congregation at the Fisher Church came together in 1921. So exactly 100 years ago this year. And he writes at that first congregational meeting that they left a note on the minutes from that meeting. And that note says, we are glad and happy to note here for future reference in history that perfect harmony and good feelings prevailed at this, the first congregational meeting of Old Zions and the village of Lafayette. Well, I love that the leaders of the congregation took time to write that note on that day. Because we're not left wondering years later, a hundred years later, if such a merger decision came together, to come together was a bitter one. In fact, they tell us that the congregation was in harmony. And now, 100 years later, we can look back and we can see the roots of this congregation formed in Christian harmony for the sake of bringing the gospel to this community. Well, the marking of the past and the celebration of the stories handed down to us it has important spiritual implications. For instance, you all know that there are congregations and churches that begin in conflict. They begin from church splits and divisions. And very often, they fail to ever identify themselves as anything other than a church that's been separated. That story for them has been ingrained. Well, I hope it's also true on some level that Zion exists as a congregation founded on harmony and founded on a true desire to be faithful in this community. And so as we look at our psalm this morning, I would invite you to keep that idea in mind. Because Psalm 26 assumes that the past is important. It's important not just for warm feelings of nostalgia. It's important because the church should thank God and remember his faithfulness in the past in order to pray in the present for the joy of the future. We remember God's faithfulness in the past in order to pray in the present for the joy of the future. And so in four words, Psalm 26 might be summarized as joy remembered, joy anticipated. Our psalm begins with a remembrance of what God has done for his people. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then we were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. This good favor from the Lord was unmerited. It was a surprise. Right? The psalmist says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. 
In other words, they were like prophets. They never really thought the Lord would restore their fortunes. It was something they held on to and hope. And the psalm does not tell us specifically what the Lord restored his people from. This could be a reference to the exodus out of Egypt, the return from Babylon, or maybe some kind of deliverance from an enemy or a natural disaster. We don't know. But the psalm points to an unexpected and unpredictable restoration. In other words, God's people were surprised by joy. The Lord was always caring for his people, even when they were at their most hopeless. He had never left them. Verse 4 of the psalm then shows us that the prayers of God's people are inspired by God's past faithfulness. They remembered what the Lord had done in the past. And so they cried out again, Restore our fortunes, O Lord. They prayed this because not only did they know the Lord was capable, but from past experience, they knew he had not abandoned them. The psalm draws a comparison to the Negev. That's a region in the southern part of Israel that's mostly desert. But seasonally, it gets a heavy rain, and it fills up all the dry streams, and it makes life possible. You can never really time the rains or the floods, like sometimes farmers did at the Nile in Egypt. So then the Negev was really never really inhabited or farmed. But there were times when that sporadic rain made life possible. Even in the most arid place, green life sprang to be. Well, this is how the Israelites approach God in prayer. They know that they cannot time the restoration of their fortune, but they know that it's coming. They know that the Lord has not forgotten them. For us, too, the past informs how we pray. We remember that God is true to his word. What he has said and done in the past is still relevant today. The Lord's Prayer is an example of this for us. Right? Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Deliver us from evil. All of these petitions are based on what God has done for us and what he has promised to do in the future. And so our faith is based on this very idea, knowing what God has done and is faithful to do in the present and in the future. In the past few weeks, I've spoken a great deal in connection to the font here about remembering our baptisms. Right, And the font is in the sanctuary. It's a symbol of this idea of remembering God's faithfulness. It's a remembering that God has made specific promises to us Right, that our sins are forgiven, that we're forever marked in the name of Christ, and that together we're connected as one people. But it all comes back to remembering God's word, remembering his promises, and remembering what he has done for us. And so verses 5 and 6 of the psalm tell us then to remember what God has done, and specifically to remember what God has done so that we don't waste our times of sorrow. Verse 5 in the psalm says, Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. As you all know, life has cyclical patterns that take us up and down. There's a season for everything, as Ecclesiastes tells us. The Christian life, like any other, is going to have periods of sorrow. There will be periods of health, periods of illness. There will be times when we celebrate and times when we grieve times where we mourn, times where we're confused and hurt, times where we feel 
that this life is a world of tears. But the psalm tells us not to waste our time of sorrow. In fact, it compares the tears of our sorrow to seeds. Well, I know very little about farming, but I know that if a farmer takes all of the seed he has bought and he dumps it into a pile in the corner of his field, he'll have wasted it. Right? He will not harvest anything and he'll get no reward at the end of the year for buying that seed. Likewise, if we take our sorrowful times and we become full of self-pity, if we isolate ourselves, we'll have wasted our tears. God promises us, he promises that our tears will be turned to joy. But we need to use our time of sorrow to learn to depend on the Lord. When we take those hard times and learn that God's promises are true, and that as he has taken care of his people in the past, he will take care of us. And then, at that point, we can begin to reap the joy of our many tears. Luther says that we know that the Christian life is inflicted with suffering, affliction, distress, and even death. But these happen so that through them, God may impel us and cause us to run to him, to cry out to him, and to call upon his holy name. We are faced with hardships, with sorrows, because they teach us to rely on nothing less than the promises of God. It's in these hardships that the true knowledge of God becomes more than just doctrine. It's in those hardships where we know that we have to turn to the Lord. And so in that turning to the Lord, God becomes real to us. God will often stay just intellectual doctrine if we never face trial. God may just become an idea. Unless in our own suffering we have learned to call on him as the one who loves us through Jesus Christ. Hard times, according to the psalm, are not meaningless. Right? And so we will face trials. We will be tempted to sin. We will be inconvenienced. We will suffer. We will be ill. We will have pain. But in the midst of all of that, God still loves us. And so we don't waste our hardships, we don't waste our sorrow, but we take what we've learned from them and turn to God's word. We remember that God has been faithful to us in the past. And so we lean on the promises of God in those hardships. So when things go completely sideways in our life, we rely on what God has told us. We remember what he has done for his people. We say with St. Paul, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so as we go through hardships, trials, the psalmist tells us to remember. We must remember that God has always been faithful to his people. And this is why celebrating Harvest Home this morning is such a godly experience for us. More than just warm nostalgia, it causes us to remember. It causes us to remember that God has been faithful to this congregation in this community for over 180 years. God used the men and women of this congregation, many who have long since passed, to encourage all of us to build us up in our faith. And remembering that, you will remember that God is also faithful to you. And use that remembrance to turn to him, to remember his promises to you. Yes, there might be a long winter coming, 
But the end of that winter will come. There'll be planting again. There'll be joy again. And if we know how to sow in sorrow, we will harvest in joy. Today we remember that that's always true. In Christ the Lord, we are promised that we will harvest joy. Today we remember with joy all that the Lord has done. But also let us anticipate with joy all that he is going to do through us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. invite you to stand as together we confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. 
On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, your mercies are new every morning. Continue to provide all that we need to support this body and life and help us to receive your gifts with thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, provide for us the fruits of the earth and an abundant harvest that we praise you, the giver of all good things, and not rely on our own ability and our own strength. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, give us generous hearts that desire to give as we have been blessed and the grace to notice our neighbor in need that we may help as we are able. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, bless and keep our government and all in authority, especially Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, that they may be granted the wisdom and ability needed to see to it that our good land may prosper in peace and that the word of God may continually be preached freely and openly. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, as we give you thanks for the gospel of Christ, give us the grace to gladly hear it and learn from it in thankfulness to you for the rich abundance of your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, be with those who are sick and sorrowing, especially Kara, Tony, Nancy, Maddox, Tom, Troy, Donald, Donna, Ray, Nancy, Dwight, John, Marilyn, Rose, Tony and Carolyn, and Carolyn, that they may be granted health, healing, and comfort according to your gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, be with all who receive the sacrament of the altar this day, that they may receive in the gift of Christ's body and blood with thankfulness, for this feast of forgiveness and life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Greet one another as you're comfortable with signs of peace.
give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His only Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done, has done for us. Give Give thanks, give thanks to God, give thanks. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence. In Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, 
we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached the good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened, to his, opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.